Welcome to Recalibrate. This is a podcast of Caribou Road Christian Fellowship. Our hope is to create a moment where you get to take a look at your life through the lens of Christ's teaching and recalibrate. Welcome back to Recalibrate. Let's take some time to continue looking into Passion Week and just really gleaning and learning and growing from what takes place in the ministry of Jesus Christ in this week before he goes to the cross. I really want to zero in on Judas. And in particular, I actually want to zero in on the money that he was paid to betray Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 26, Jesus knows that he's going to be betrayed. It says in verse 1, when Jesus had finished saying all of these things, he said to his disciples, as you know, the Passover is two days away. So this is going to be on um, the Wednesday, I believe, or maybe the Thursday. And the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. And the chief priests, it says, were looking for a way to arrest Jesus, but they had to do it when there was no one around. He was very popular. There was a big crowd of disciples following him, plus the people of Jerusalem were really interested in what he had to say. They needed a secret time when they could arrest him, when no one was around, they could try him quickly and put him before the Roman authorities quickly and get a judgment made against him before the crowd and his followers and all those who believed in him could react. And so Judas stepped in to fill that gap. He put himself forward to be the one who would betray Jesus Christ. It says in verse 14, Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and asked, What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? So they counted out for him thirty silver coins. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Matthew is quite strong. He pretty much says that the reason Judas betrayed Jesus was money. In fact, between the passage I read at the beginning and the passage we just read now, the passage where Jesus knows he's going to be betrayed, and the passage where Judas goes to the priests and asks, how much will you pay me to betray him? Uh, There is the story of the woman who comes and breaks a very expensive perfume at the feet of Jesus and pours it out and washes his feet with her hair. And it says in that story that there were some people, uh, his own disciples, who were indignant about this. And they asked the question, why are they wasting so much money? Why is Jesus letting this woman take this very expensive, probably a year's salary, so we're talking $60,000, $50,000, and just pouring it out and wasting it in a, in a split second? This money could have been used to, for the poor. I think Judas was behind there. I think he was murmuring with the other disciples, and they were all going, yeah, this is such waste. And I think what we're seeing here is the depth of attraction and bondage that Judas had towards money and I think he really resented this act. I think at this time, I don't know, maybe he had some gambling debts, maybe some other stuff was going on, but he resented it that Jesus would allow this lavish gift to be poured upon him and that he didn't get a hand on the money. I think Judas, like often there is in people who become part of entourages of a famous person, I think he was looking for personal gain. 
I think the other disciples, yes, they did too, because they wanted to be leaders, didn't they? They even had their mother come and ask Jesus, you know, will you let my son be the one who sits at your right hand? So they had their own issues. But Judas, it was money. He was, he was hanging on around Jesus, hoping that he would get rich out of this. He was looking for Jesus to establish a literal kingdom that he would be the treasurer for, the financial controller for, and he would have access to all the funds. And this was his way to get out of this world and move forward. I mean, he may have very, had very strong spiritual beliefs and religious beliefs, but this, this thing of money was coming through so strong. I think maybe just one thing for all of us as we live our Christian lives, we can start off in this area of finances as Christians having a very pure heart and just loving and wanting to serve the gospel of Jesus Christ. But as we go on in the journey of faith and we start to accumulate and we start to have needs and we have family and we have all the assets that we'd like to build up and grow, I think this money thing um, can change. You know, we can be start with such faith and such abandonment to the, to the calling and the purpose, and then later on in life we get really stuck and we have this this kind of mixture of faith in Jesus Christ, but this real growing thing called mammon, this desire for money, this need for money to uh, take care of ourselves and look after ourselves, and that's what seems to have happened to Judas. And so there's a real warning for everybody, isn't there? That just always check our hearts because. Um, we can betray Christ. We can betray our faith because of money. And it may not have started that way, but we've always got to cleanse our hearts through the power of Jesus Christ. But what I think is really fascinating about the story is the amount that Judas was given to betray Jesus Christ. He asked them, how much are you going to pay me to tell you where to go to find Jesus in a place where no one else will know where he is, where the crowds won't be around so you can arrest him privately. And they said 30 pieces of silver. 30 pieces of silver actually, it was, it was, a, it was a good sum of money, but it wasn't an extravagant sum of money. It, it was maybe a month's salary. It wasn't like this hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so when you think about it, it was a pretty small amount that Judas actually betrayed Jesus for. But it has a very prophetic meaning behind it. Two reasons why it's prophetic. One is that the 30 pieces of silver in the Bible in the Old Testament turns up a couple of times. It turns up once. It was the, it was the price that you would pay if a slave was killed by one of your animals. If you had an animal and the animal got out like an oxen and it gouged and killed a slave of somebody else, the price of a slave's life that was paid to the owner of the slave was 30 pieces of silver. So we're seeing this idea of slavery coming in to the payment of 30 pieces of silver. Then the other place we think about silver, it wasn't 30 pieces, it was 20 pieces of silver. It was the amount that was paid um, to, to Joseph's brothers when they sold J Joseph into slavery into Egypt. Now I want you to get the point here. There's this whole idea of redemption. There's this whole idea of paying to set someone free from slavery. Paying to, to put somebody into slavery. And so the 30 pieces of silver was a very prophetic work of God to really talk about 
the price of redemption. In essence, um, Judas, he didn't know it, but he was selling Christ into the hands of the religious leaders who were themselves controlled by Satan and the demonic world. And what was about to happen is that this money was the blood price. It was the redemptive price. It was the, you know, we talk about Jesus redeeming us. And when somebody redeems you, they have to pay money to get you back. And Jesus was, through Judas, Judas took the money. And then Jesus gave his life in exchange for that money. And then with his life, he has purchased us there is a there is a whole financial exchange going on with the death of Jesus Christ and it's because sin has a cost to it sin has a price to it sin is not an abstract concept you know sometimes people talk about well why couldn't God just forgive people why did he need Jesus to die why, why can't he just decide you're forgiven you know, God, God, God's mercy, he could just do that. He could just write it off and it'll be done. But the truth is, is that sin really does have a physical price to it. You, you can measure it. You can, you can account for it. You can, and that's the language of the Bible. The Bible talks about counting up sins. The Bible talks about the weight of sin, the cost of sin, the, the heaviness of sin. And so we see this financial exchange going on, leading up to Christ going to the cross. And it's all about that when he dies, the payment has been made for our redemption. The 30 pieces of silver is not in itself able to redeem us, but it put Jesus into the hands of the slave owner. But when he was in the hands of the slave owner, because of his righteousness, he was able to pay for his own freedom and for our freedom as well. And all the cost of our sins has been taken care, care of because of Jesus Christ. We had a price that we could never pay. We, we, every day, even as believers in Jesus Christ, we do commit sin. We do think things, say things, have attitudes in our hearts, and even probably more as we grow in Christ to do with what we don't do rather than what we do do. We don't share the gospel. We don't reach out. We, we're not faithful in prayer. And these things are so heavy and so weighty, and yet Jesus has paid the price. There is a, there is a financial aspect to this whole death of Jesus. And God in his wisdom did it so that this money would be exchanged. So even on a very practical and earthly concept, we have been truly redeemed. The price has been paid for us. So when we come to the cross, Jesus was sold essentially as a slave, but he rose as the son of man, as the son of God. And um, he is—he is more—he has—he has paid more than we could ever pay ourselves. You know, it's remarkable. I often tell people and think about it myself. We sometimes people struggle with the idea that Jesus died for your personal sins because you think, well, my sins are bad, but they're not deserving of somebody to die. But when you think of Jesus' death, 
he just didn't die for your sin. He died for all the sins of humanity in all time. And when you think about what humanity has done, that's a huge price. No human being could ever pay that. No, no corporate body of humans could ever pay that. Jesus' death was, his, his life was worth so much that his death actually paid even for the sins of all humanity through all the ages. And so that's pretty amazing. So as we come into the Easter season, we come towards the cross, let's keep in mind that there was a real price that was paid for us, for our redemption. And it was paid in fullness and full account. And that 30 pieces of silver is just a taste. It's an, it's an indication. It's a, a recognition that this was a financial exchange to pay for our sins. And of course, the 30 pieces of silver was not enough. It was going to take the blood of Jesus Christ to set us free. So let's be thankful to the Lord, so thankful to the Lord that our debts have been paid in full through the blood of Jesus Christ. The Lord bless you as we head into Easter. We want to thank you for joining us on Recalibrate today. For more information, please check out our website at crcfchurch.com. Let your kingdom come, let your will